Hey, thanks for being a part of the conversation. This is Play It Forward. Real people, real stories, the struggle to play it forward. Episode number 572 is with Kevin Kelly from the group Speed Freak. What's up, man? How you doing? Good. How are you? You up there in Chicago right now? Sure am. All right. The big windy city. That's where my wife is from. She grew up in uh, Berwyn. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. My neck of the woods. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Well, that means, heck, you like you like that. Was it some Norby's beef or something like that? <laughs> uh <laughs> Italian beef is big in Chicago, man. You got a lot of good beef. Johnny's beef is my personal favorite. <laughs> well, coming from the Windy City, I mean, there's so much music history up there, and so many people have, have entered the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame from Chicago. What is that like for you to grow up in inside that shadow? I mean, it's awesome. I was, uh, yeah, Chicago is a great music city, you know, and I don't know that I'd be as into music as I am now if I wasn't able to you know, because it's such a, a big city, so many people come to the town, right? There's always live music to be seen. So it's, it's, I mean, it really is great. One of the things that uh, that my wife uh, ex- experienced when, when she was up there with her husband, because he's a, he's a record producer, they everybody moves to Los Angeles from Chicago. And it's like, wow, it, I would like to see it go the other direction. People from L.A. moving to Chicago. Right. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> is it is it because you've just got to be in the right place at the right time? Is that is that why, you know, people uh, run away from the city? I think so. Yeah. As, I mean, as far as music stuff goes, I think there's some sense of, yeah, definitely right place at the right time. Um, I mean, plus the weather's nicer in L.A. So there's that. <laughs> Doomsday devices, man. You got to tell me what this is all about, because, I mean, it, it, it seems to be so right now because, I mean, my God, we're, we're facing a lot of walls. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually one of the last songs that we wrote for the record. Um, And it really kind of came together. You know, uh, Tom, our singer, had kind of been kicking around those lyrics of, you know, maybe doing things that you know are bad for you. You're going to keep doing them anyway. Um, And then Quarter Life Crisis was like a lyric that he had had that he had been trying to work and do a song someplace. And it kind of just came together. It was uh, every once in a while, one of those songs just just happens for you and that was definitely one of them for us i love those moments like that and i especially love to document them because i'll take in my notebook when i go in the studio and and it's like okay this is what happened because i know that once the project is done you're going to forget what you were doing inside that studio because you're growing forward oh totally yeah and so like some of this you know definitely that's absolutely true and some of the songs in this record we had actually written you know we had been playing for for quite a while before they ever we ever actually got a chance to lay them down so yeah i wish i would have taken would have paid closer attention to those sort of conversations and that stuff. It would have been cool to see. So the music was road tested then. So uh, many fans got to hear it beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, yeah, it was, and well, really what happened was we, you know, we recorded the album in 2019 and then right around, we were getting ready to release it. The pandemic happened. So everything in Chicago at least was shut down for, you know, a year. And then it, it took us kind of a while to get back on our feet. So yeah, a lot of the songs we have actually, been playing for for a couple of years now um but that said it is you know it's really nice to actually finally get it released have people start to check it out and, and appreciate it so it's been cool you've got some thrashing going on there dude i mean music is starving for that right now we, we were so electronic for so long but man you aren't afraid to thrash oh yeah we uh it's i mean it's gibson through marshall and real drums and stuff where there's no you hear a lot of records that sound very, very produced, and that's yeah. something that we tried very hard to avoid. Are you um, are you afraid of the AIs coming in? Because, I mean, when they can sit there and they can recreate Joe Rogan, and he had no idea they were even doing that, I mean, what what is it going to do to music? Man, I didn't even, you know, until right now, I didn't even think about that. That scares the heck out of me. <laughs> but, uh, I, 
yeah, I, man, I don't know. Um, I'd like to believe that it, you'll, at some point you'll be able to figure out what's real and what's not real. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there'll probably be some AI tool that you use to figure out if it was made by another AI, right? That's, uh, <laughs> that's nuts. <laughs> Who designed that album cover? Because if you're not putting that on a t-shirt, you're missing out on a bunch of money, man. So that is uh, actually designed by Casey Sass, who is a, an Austin, Texas tattoo artist. Everybody should check him really? out. Uh, he is the friend of our drummer. And so when we were putting the record together, our drummer was like, you know what? I, I know this guy. He has traditional tattoos. I think he could make something cool for us. And that was the, I mean, that was, you know, there wasn't any back and forth. We sent Casey the record. He sent us that back in a couple of weeks. And we're like, yeah, this is awesome. Uh, it is available for t-shirts. Um, right now we have them at our live shows. I don't think they're available for sale anywhere online yet, but definitely if you want one of those on a shirt come check us out i could see people getting a tattoo getting that on their body i would love to do that i'm a tattoo guy so maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll be the next one it's a good idea set up a little you know a little place where you can get some ink when, while you're at the show before the band comes out everybody's getting the ink we actually had uh maybe oh gosh probably 10 years ago now we were playing in this bar and a friend of ours got our logo tattooed on his chest on stage while we were playing it's like one of the most metal things you've ever seen it's great <laughs> billy gibbons of zz top told me that that every time that he writes a song he pictures himself inside of a car he wants that song to move as fast as a speeding car what about you guys because you've got some speed on yours as well so that it's you know it's funny you say that because that's kind of the thing that we go for too that feeling like you know you got the windows down you get the music cranked up you're driving on the highway with your girl or with your friends or whatever like there's nothing that beats that feeling and that's definitely how we feel when we play music when we write it so that's that's pretty accurate oh and, and if that rear view mirror is not vibrating it's not loud enough totally and listen if you're going fast enough it doesn't matter what's behind <laughs> yeah. you See, that's, that's the problem with, with driving here in the Carolinas is that the, our roads are long. And I mean, they've got some rolling hills and stuff to it. But man, I mean, I, I, I got busted for 110 miles an hour and I, I blame it on Motley Crue. Hey, <laughs> man. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> how, how long have the riffs been uh, stored away? Because I mean, that one, one of the things that I've learned, especially in the past couple of years here since the lockdown, is that people would discover riffs and then hurry up and put them away for future use. Yeah, so actually the, that main lick on Doomsday was something that our bass player, I think, I believe our bass player had written that quite a while ago. And we kind of, you know, we were just jamming on it and eventually we, we found that song to put it in. So some of those riffs, you know, come out of nowhere. Some of them we've been working on, or uh, how do I want to say this? Kind of get, you know, bring them into the riff lab and maybe they get changed a little yeah. bit or, or a note here and there. Or uh, our drummer is great at kind of envisioning like a different tempo that a riff could be played or like maybe try and play this, you know, in three, four instead of four, four or whatever. I mean, so yeah, definitely those, those riffs have been around for a minute though. Yeah. I, I love it when the drummers become a part of it. I mean, that's, that's like Lars in Metallica, you know, he doesn't know a dang thing about guitars, but boy, he knows when it's not being played right with those drums. Yep. Absolutely. And Dave's like that too. Dave can just kind of hear it in his head and he's, maybe everybody can, but I, I you know, he's a, he's good at articulating it which is also important yeah because it's a language all its own is it not oh absolutely 100 percent. yeah now i've never heard of a music video being taken to a film festival this when i read that i was like you damn straight this is the way it's gotta be <laughs> yeah that's so that was all uh zane rarick is the guy who, who wrote and directed that video he's a buddy of ours and he kind of approached us and was like i would love to do you know 
I have this idea for this video. It's kind of wacky, but I think it could be cool. And we actually filmed that in like maybe the last weekend in February in 2020. I like we we you know filmed it that weekend. Kind of didn't hear anything about it, and then the pandemic happened. Yeah. And like a couple of months later, I see this video and Zane's family. Oh yeah, by the way, I entered at these film festivals, won these awards. I'm like, man, that's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, heck yeah. God. So, man, the the, the, <laughs> the mere mention of February 2020. I mean, right right away, my mind goes, oh my god, that's that's when everything started shutting down. Once we hit March, I mean, my calendar instantly went blank. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was scary. Like I remember sitting uh, at my desk at work and my phone was blowing up because I, uh, I'm a big sports guy. And so all of my sports teams notifications, the games were getting canceled. Yeah. So it was like one after the other, I'm getting all these notifications that like, this is canceled. Tomorrow is canceled. This is canceled. You know, it was, that was crazy. And yeah. And in Chicago, like I said, everything really shut down. So. What, what did you discover during that time period? Because, I mean, even Paul Stanley, well, I think one of the things that, that really warmed me up about musicians was when he he looked into that camera during the lockdown, he says, I'm going to sing out of tune. Just get used to it. We, we don't all have good days. And I thought, my God, that's the way that every musician you know should connect with their fans. I'm going to sing out of tune. That makes a lot of sense. I like that. I think for me, it really made me, like, it drove home how much, or how important music was to me because mm-hmm. I'd been playing guitar forever. I've been in band since high school, you know, and sometimes it feels like a chore, right? Sometimes you don't want to drive to rehearsal. You don't want to practice. And I think you kind of take it for granted. And then all of a sudden, once it's like, you know, that rug's pulled out from under you, you really, really realize how lucky you are to get to do this. So that was the, the my big takeaway from that time was like, I, I really, you know, now I, I enjoy it more. I think I try and appreciate it more. And like, yeah. even if, you know, look, if, if Speed Freak breaks up, whatever, just the fact that I get to hang out with my friends yeah. and make music <laughs> and do this, it's awesome, right? I mean. Isn't it a modern day miracle? It's not really supposed to happen, but it does. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, you know, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, it's like if you've ever jammed with your buddies and, and it, you know, you guys kind of all kind of look at each other. And you're like, that's oh, it. That's that it. great. Like it's, you just have those moments that make it worthwhile. <laughs> See, that's what I love about Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks is that they, they would look at themselves and you're going, Oh, I've been there. I've been there. You wrap up a song or you're singing lyrics and you're looking at, you know, your bandmate up there on stage. And it's like, there's, there's such a connection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that Tom and I have the relationship that <laughs> Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks did, but no, but you know, you, you just like, yeah, every once in a while you get one of those moments and it's just like, I mean, this is for real. You're really, yeah. it's special, man. It's, uh, that's the only word I can think of to describe it. It really is special. Fans of music have really levitated toward live music again, which thank God. And I'll, I'll tell you yeah. how it's changed here in the Carolinas. They actually have live music in grocery stores here in Charlotte. Really? Yeah, That's they awesome. sure do. They sure do. And and people come and, and and a lot of our grocery stores feature bars. And so they they have the bars and they and they set up the band near the bar and people shop and have beer and listen to live music. That's amazing. I need to think about moving to Charlotte. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. What what's growing in Chicago that's surprising to you when it comes to live music? Well, like I said, everything had kind of been shut down for a while. Yeah. And there's you know, and actually, so now there's a lot of newer venues popping up and maybe places that occasionally had live music seem to be booking more bands now that everything is open again. It seems like there's been kind of this, I don't want to say resurgence, but like this 
feeling of like, oh, you know, people kind of remind themselves like Chicago's a great music city. Mm-hmm. And so it's cool for everything to be open again. It seems like people are kind of appreciating it again. Um, you know, and it's, so it's, it's been really exciting. And maybe that's just how I feel and I'm projecting it onto, you know, everybody, but it definitely seems like more stuff is open. There's more shows being booked. People are back into it. It's a, it's a cool time to be here for sure. The name, were you shocked that somebody hadn't already taken the name? Well, it's, I mean, it's the name of a Motorhead song. So I'm sure oh. actually somebody out there is also called Speed Freak. Every once in a while we'll get booked as like the, you'll see Speed Freak with a space in it or Speed Freaks, <laughs> the Speed Freaks or something like that. Um, <laughs> There's a DJ Speed Freak, and I think when you know way back when we first tried to get our music uploaded to Spotify, like some of this DJ Speed Freaks tracks were on our page. So, you know, yeah, it, it's. I wish the name was a little more original, uh, but it is what it is. Or like they tell us in radio, well, if there if there's two arrows out there, be the best arrow, and so it's like just be yeah. the best at what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. We got to be the fastest speed freak. Right? That's, That's the... <laughs> <laughs> who's going to who's going to help that listener get the, the most traffic tickets, traffic violations. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Certainly not the DJ. <laughs> right. So where can fans of music follow you, find out more about the band and really, you know, as, as you continue to build up your merch library and stuff like that, where, where can they go to get that stuff? So, uh, you know, we're available. All our stuff is on all our streaming platforms. We're on Spotify, we're on Amazon Music, we're on iTunes, we're on Apple Music, if that's still a thing. Uh, our band camp is always, that's kind of the, the most direct pipeline to us. We're selling limited edition CDs and stuff on our band camp. Uh, I believe we have a Twitter. We don't tweet very much. Yeah. But if, you know, if you're a Twitter guy, uh, we're on there. I would say like if, you know, the best way to find out about us, you know, check us out on Spotify, come and see us at a show. We'd love to meet everybody. We, you know, we want to buy you a beer. We want to hang out, have a good time. I said, that's the, the best way. As a musician and as an everyday regular guy, do you go in there and look at your numbers on Spotify as well as iHeartRadio? Because I, I can't break away from that. I've always got to see what's going on when it comes to those numbers. So, yeah, yes. I would say our drummer is maybe a little bit more focused on that than I am. Mm-hmm. I, uh, not to talk about like my day job, quote unquote, but I do a lot of numbers and stuff at my day job. So yeah. sometimes I'm like, the last thing I want to do, you know, after looking at analytics all day for work, is look at analytics <laughs> for fun. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like the other day I was, uh, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, we have this many plays, we have this many plays. This is really cool. Um, so I definitely check it out. I, I don't know that I'm following it obsessively, but it's cool. I mean, it, it's cool to be able to see that stuff in real time now, like in, in a way that maybe you didn't used to be able to. So have been nice. Have club owners changed in the way? Because I know in radio, they'll go, what do you got for numbers? Show me your numbers. And and so, and you know, you've got, you know, I mean, what are you doing on the social media? Right. And so our, our drummer actually owns Livewire Lounge uh, venue in Chicago. Nice. And so he was saying like, you know, that's definitely something that, that gets paid attention to when you book somebody these days. Because they don't care about, you know, how good you look or whatever, the first thing anybody will look at is always your Spotify, your plays, you know, your Facebook, like, yeah. And so in some ways it's great because it makes it so much more accessible to everybody, but it also makes it harder to get noticed. So yeah, kind of a double-edged sword. Man, you got, you got to make your way to the Carolina sometime, dude, so we can do a face-to-face conversation and, and, and share the journey and have some live sounds playing and all that. I would love that. Absolutely. We'd love to get out that way. As of right now, I don't know that we have any plans to go east. We're going to do a west coast uh, run later this summer. But yeah, but nothing east just yet. 
It's coming. It's coming because once people hear this new album and and get into Doomsday Devices, I mean, it's it, it's coming. I hope so, man. I hope so. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. If we get down there, we gotta gotta hook up. Excellent. We'll come back to this show anytime in the future, dude. The door's always gonna be open for you. All right, I appreciate that. You be brilliant, okay? All right, Arrow. Take care.